HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on a special bonus episode of Meet and 3, we find out how Brexit could be changing the way that Brits eat. If you're not getting your food from the European Union where Britain gets 30% directly, well, where are you going to get it from? As I put very succinctly, bye-bye fresh peaches from Italy, hello tinned peaches from Florida. Bye-bye fresh oranges, hello tinned oranges. Bye-bye free-range beef, hello hormone-injected beef. Tune in to hear about the UK's struggle to stabilize its food system on Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, God, we're on. No. I never know what to say. Oh. I'm just going to pee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm peeing as we speak. Gentle, gentle pee. Now, this podcast is no longer about food and history or comedy. It's only about bodily fluids. Yum. As you'll remember from our last week's episode about period blood. <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> I decided to stay on my period forever. Oh, I stuffed mine. Oh, you did? Yeah. Huh. Mine's keep, mine keeps rushing like Niagara Falls. Hmm. Rushing like a sorority girl. <laughs> Away from a party. No, like, it's called rushing when you join the party. Oh, got it. I thought this was a joke about like sexual Rape. assault. <laughs> Everybody's favorite comedy topic. It's hilarious. Um, welcome to Life's Banquet. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. I thought you weren't going to come. I know. Uh, I wasn't going to. I thought you'd never ask. I just woke up and here I am. <laughs> you look amazing. Nicole's wearing Kelly green. Yes. It really, may I say, it's your color. I know. I look great in this color. You do. Listeners, Gr- believe it. <laughs> it goes well with your golden blonde hair. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great vintage Lanzan cotton sweater. Classic. Yeah. You're pretty. And you're good at vintage shopping. I am very good at that. Also, I'm going to need to borrow $500. That's why I'm complimenting you so much. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, check. <laughs> Amazing. How was your week? Uh, this week's been fine. Um, I had our holiday party on Monday. I'm mm. still a little recovering from that. Um, Did you drink a lot? Yeah. Do you any keg stands? Any flaming shots? No, it was very tame. A no slippery nipples? What? Slippery nipples? That's not a thing. <laughs> buttery nipple. Same thing. 
It is? Well, it gets slippery when you put butter on it. Ew. Okay. It's a drink, not an actual nipple. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I think I'm still thinking of college campuses. It's also, it's called buttery <clears throat> nipple because it has butterscotch schnapps in it. Oh, I used to bartend. And when people would come in and ask for things like that, mm-hmm. like they'd be like, let me get like four shots of the four horsemen of the apocalypse for me and my bros. And I'd be like, cool, be right back. And I would just pour them like Jameson. Mm-hmm. Anything with a name to it received Jameson. <laughs> so if you didn't want Jameson, you had to order tequila. Anyway, Weird. so where was your holiday party? Uh, we had our holiday party at the gutter. Oh, right. The America's most Ebola-infected bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, as far as I know, nobody got Ebola. Yeah. It's also funny because Ebola is like, you can pun on the word bowl. Oh, yeah. And a bowling alley. <laughs> they should really capitalize on it and give everyone <laughs> hazmat suits instead of bowling shoes. Um, I performed average at bowling since you asked. Um, <clears throat> did you use bumpers? No. Usually I'm really good or really bad, and for some reason I'm just mediocre, which made me immediately lose interest in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was fun. We had a good time. Cool. Um, I drank too many. It's like the, you know, the owner left and closed out the card, and then the other owner opened a new card for like the late night drinking. Nice. And then things get a little hazy. And the last thing I remember people being like, let's go to Five Leaves. And I'm like, I'm going home. Oh, wow. Five Leaves. You know, I've never been there. I wouldn't say you need to go in this year 2020. <laughs> I know. It opened like in 1992. Now that Heath Ledger's dead, what's the point? Well, I mean, that's exactly what I say. That's why I don't go. <laughs> I prefer Michael Keaton. Yep. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap your head around that one, Do they please. both play Teen Wolf? Oh, no, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. It's my favorite Fox. It's, he's absolutely the best Fox. But what about Fox Mulder? Oh, shit. I do love Fox Mulder. So hot. Sex addict. Mm, Yes. If you see him on a college Mm. campus, hide your buttery nipples. That's a callback (laughs) to 30 seconds ago. Nicole. World-renowned sex addict, Fox Mulder. (laughs) And Fox Mulder is not a sex addict. He doesn't, he barely has sex at all. That's true. He's fine. Do him and Scully bang? Yes. I don't remember if there was any romance between them. There's definitely like tension and in the movie they like get together. There's a movie? There's a two movies. Oh my God. I had no idea. Oh, well, I know what I'm doing right now after I leave this podcast in the middle because I'm already bored. Um, so this week was a big week for politics. And as you know, this is it a was. political food pack. Well, the Iowa caucus and the president being uh, exonerated <laughs> and acquitted of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was a political week. Um, I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. Do you know that the star of The Apprentice is the president? (laughs) I thought that Michael J. Fox was the president. No, it's Donald Trump, and he just puts, like, whoopee cushions under, like, (laughs) heads of states' chairs and runs around yelling, yeah, you're fired, and smushing, like, whipped cream pies into people's face. It's a (laughs) fucking riot. Um, But anyway, so we decided to do this week's show on political food. We did, yes. Um, So this is going to air next week, but as we speak, we still don't know what's happening with the Iowa caucus no it's pronounced caucus lots of players on words the iowa chaos (laughs) (laughs) hilarious um bernie 2020 no less than seven podcasts about this dumb shit i know i update my like browser like every 30 seconds hoping for some kind of new information but either way bernie did pretty well yeah we are bernie likers on this show and so we're gonna talk about politics and food yes um, I'm going to start talking about Amy Klobuchar, who didn't do so hot in the yield. Shocking. Chaoscus. I thought, 
<laughs> um, but the reason why I'm talking about her is because I'm talking about hot dish, casseroles, political foods, mm. and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And all that jazz. So you're from the Midwest, and yes. hot dish is kind of popular. I mean, we don't even call it hot dish here. We would call it casserole. We don't call it hot dish. Oh. It's hot dish is specific to Minnesota. Oh, excuse us. Yes. And she's from Minnesota. She is, yes. Got it. Um, but a hot dish is a casserole. There's no real difference. Okay. Um, it's just the way that they refer to it. So basically, hot dish is a casserole. Um, there are other names for it that I had never heard of, but I think were really interesting, just like based on where you are regionally. Okay. So one is strata. Oh, yeah. Well, did you ever see that movie, The Family Stone? With, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, do you remember at the end when she's like trying to make her, Sarah Jessica Parker's like, I want to make the thing that my family makes for Christmas, and then it like spills all over her? Yes, and everyone laughs. That's strata. Oh, there she's making strata. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then she's covered in it. She's swimming in it. Yes. Um, I like that movie, but it's sort of an unrealistic premise. Um. Right. Nobody ever dies <laughs> um, in the end. So Strata Supper is another name. Really? Yeah. Supreme Delights. Whoa. Where's that from? I don't know. I would think that's probably, that sounds very Florida? Dixie to me. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and then also Hot Dish. Hmm. Um, and basically, we talked a little bit about casseroles in previous episodes when we talked about cream and mushroom soup. Oh, really? The Lutheran binder, as they oh, call yes, it yes, in the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. Um, but basically, <laughs> it can be kind of any sort of combination of protein, usually a cream sauce to bind it all together, that you're baking it and making it nice and bubbly. And creamy and ready for your kids when they come home from karate. Yeah. Um, basically, it was... Around World War One, it became p- more popularized because it was a way to, su- re- sorry, <laughs> it was a way to not use as much meat because there were like rations mm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, things kind of just went from there. And then obviously it became very popular in the 50s and 60s with um, the cream and mushroom soup and the woman who invented the green bean casserole. Right. Um, we've kind of covered a little bit of this on previous episodes um but amy klobuchar she is from minnesota and she was using the hot dish as a way to sort of win her way to the democratic nomination so (laughs) she was um having these gatherings and she was having everyone come together at people's houses and they're called hot dish parties and they were making her recipe for a hot dish oh my god what is it so hers is um just based, it's like a very simple, it's like ground beef, no frozen vegetables. Oh, wow. uh, High so class. Ground beef, garlic, onion, tater tots on top. What? Yeah. So a lot of hot dishes, so I grew up not eating hot dish with tater tots, but a lot of them have tater tots on top. Specifically the Minnesota ones. Can I ask a question about tater tots that you probably know better than me? Yes. So I feel like, I don't know, I guess I maybe had tater tots at home growing up at my dad's house. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if they were good or not, but... When you make tater tots at home, like out of the bag, do you fry them or just like bake them in the oven? And second part to this, this is a two-parter. Great. (laughs) What is your plan for the economy? Um, Do you fry them or bake them in the oven? That was the same question two times. Oh, right. I'm confused. (laughs) I'm drunk. And hi. I ate too much hot dish. Um, If you bake them in the oven, do they get crunchy or are they just kind of mush-mush? So I actually... Bought some Orida tater tots not too long ago and just baked them. You can fry them, but I don't have a fryer. Do they get crunchy? Yeah, they're really crunchy. Okay, I, I meant like maybe do you pan fry them in like a shallow bath mm, of oils. I would oils. never do that. Yeah. I fear pan frying. <laughs> yeah, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. If you... um, also, all those added calories, why? 
That's true. Yeah. So I bake them in the in the oven. They come out really crunchy and okay. delicious. There's probably some sort of bad chemical in there that make them so crunchy, but who knows? Oh yeah. Well, we did a story. I did the history of the tater tot. <laughs> So you can just shut this off right now because obviously it's going nowhere. <laughs> just uh, re-listen to old episodes. Uh, um, but did she put any kind of like creamy soup or anything or is it just like dry yeah. beef? Okay. No, it's ground beef with cream of mushroom soup. Oh. Or or maybe, I can't remember if it's actually cream of mushroom soup, but there's a creamy, like a bechamel. Oh, excuse um, us. And then there's tater tots on top. Okay. Um, so that's what she was using. It's, I thought it was interesting. She... Um, this is her recipe that she's been making for a long time, and but she wouldn't actually make it for the gatherings. Her campaign staff would have to make it, which I just think, <laughs> considering her checkered past yeah. with being mean to her staff, I thought it was really funny that she's like eating salad with a comb and forcing her staff to make hot dish. Thicker bechamel. The bechamel is too thin, you fucking idiots. Hi, Mimi Globishar. <laughs> Try my hot dish. Um, but it is something that's really interesting. It's, it is very Midwestern, and people associate it with, you know, simpler times, mm. a one-woman said hot dish is a symbol of coming together of a time when we weren't so rude to each other oh wow which to me sort of sounds almost like maga stuff but what can we do it does it, well that explains her new campaign slogan make america hot again <laughs> <laughs> um i have a little bit more information about hot dishes and politics amazing al franken who's also from minnesota i love him i know he's great Ah, uh, well he had some problems yeah, but I, I choose to, I'm on the side of Frank, and I wish he was still a senator. He's one of the good guys, yes. politically. Um, he started a hot dish competition in 2011 oh as a way to bring together the state's congressional delegates. Um, Amy Klobuchar's hot dish won the inaugural competition. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So that's the one that she still forces her staff to make. <laughs> At parties today. <laughs> Unpaid interns making <laughs> bubbling hot, yeah. blazing hot hot dish, frying in a home shallow saute pan, burning mm-hmm. down their apartments. Yes. <laughs> um, and it didn't work. So she <laughs> finished last at the, <laughs> at the Iowa caucus. <laughs> um, so I don't really know what the moral of my story is here. I just think it is interesting. The food and politics, there's many different directions you can take. I just that they, people talk a lot about casseroles, hot dishes, there's a lot of shitting on them. I think people are really anti them. There was Hopefully recent... not literally. <laughs> no. This is a figurative podcast. Um, we were actually not sitting in our own period blood last week, guys. We were just joking. Um, uh, but people, I was. there was an article that came out like a couple months ago about how the tuna casserole is like not actually good. And it like divided the nation. What? <laughs> yeah, it was like this woman... Is like I made tuna casserole to comfort myself and realize it's disgusting. And she's a bitch. I know. Well, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Fuck her. Tuna casserole is absolutely delicious. It's delicious. You have to like tuna, which I do, and casseroles. But presumably, like if the people that are divided by it are like, some people are just like, yeah hot tuna is gross but I'm like then this isn't for you but right. other people are just like it's gr- casseroles are gross casseroles are it's like very classist I think way of looking at food and totally. I, I reject that yet a, oh, yet according to New York Magazine mm-hmm. lasagna is the dish of 2020 did they announce that? that's a motherfucking casserole that. absolutely <laughs> I mean I was born in a lasagna pan covered up in bubbling hot cheese <laughs> Um, but um, a lasagna is a casserole. Cannelloni it is, a casserole. is a casserole. Yeah, baked macaroni and cheese is a casserole. Get used to it. Yeah, cobbler is it a casserole? Nobody knows. Casseroles are sneaking into our country and taking our jobs. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I just think that it's interesting that Amy, it made me like Amy a little better. Honestly, I know nothing about her other than she ate the salad with the fork. That for me was the end. She ate, ate a salad with a fork? <laughs> or sorry, with a comb. Excuse me? You don't know the story? She ate a salad with a comb? Yeah. What are you? <laughs> I can't believe you don't know this. What are you saying? The woman, it was in the New York Times, <laughs> an article about how she treats her staff. Uh-huh. And she didn't have a utensil. And so she gets a comb out of her purse and eats a salad with it. Uh, <laughs> and I have never recovered. I, I'm sorry. She can't be president for on that alone. <laughs> Those are the qualifications. You can do basically anything else, yeah. include rape people, but you cannot eat a salad with a comb. I agree. I'm serious. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> it's so weird. I keep trying to picture it because like. It's upsetting. Like what kind of comb? I think they talk about what kind of comb it is, but I can't remember. Was it like a fro pick? No. That's the only kind of comb that you really could eat a salad with. I know, because I'm like, is it like lettuce or is it like chunky vegetables? Like, how are you going to get it on there? Oh, God. Just use your hands. Of course. Or just don't eat the salad if you're really, really hungry. Oh, my God. What an animal. All right. Well, on that <laughs> note, let's take a break so I'm going to go <laughs> cry for a little bit. Okay, bye. We'll be right back. Bye. My name is Brandon Boy co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. Oh, hello. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like doing that. Sometimes you need a good fart noise. You can do whatever you want on the show. (laughs) Nobody's listening except for your mom. (laughs) Bobby! <laughs> Bobby, what up? Actually, Bobby told me she doesn't listen to the show anymore. What? She's too big for her britches now. She's got her own podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's like, oh, I haven't listened to the show. I was like, do you no. have a problem, Nicole? <laughs> Bobby, come back. <laughs> so we just got some breaking news on our break from Amanda, our engineer. And Amanda mentioned that our good friend, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, Dana Cowan on uh, Speaking Broadly this morning was just talking about eating salad with a comb. <laughs> now, we don't know what she said, but we're hoping it's something funnier than what we were able to rumble up. I think we were pretty funny. What's next? A broom? I don't even a know. A pitchfork? I'm trying to think of anything else in your bag that you would have. Tweezers. Two tampons. It. Oh, you, tweezers would be good. Yeah, right? Yeah. Two tampons. You can use them like chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Or your hand. I eat, my, I eat most <clears throat> salad with my hands. Of course. Maybe like an eyebrow pencil. You could just stab through. If there's like a lot of chickpeas or something, that'd be hard to grab. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I have something that you and I, we decided to do this when we were chatting. So this is kind of a group effort, this uh, topic that I'm doing today. But we were remembering our favorite era in history, (laughs) the 1990s. Mm -hmm. And we started Googling pictures of Bill Clinton wearing short shorts, yes. which is disgusting. I think it's charming. He has thunder thighs. He really does. Charming to me. He really does. And I, I know also, he's a real creep, but you know. he is a creep. I saw him in person once and he looked like a fake. He, I thought it was a phony, like a Bill Clinton decoy, really? but he was real. Yeah. And he's he just very pasty white. He was just standing alone on the corner in Hudson, New York, just oh, right. completely alone. I was like, don't you need like protection? No. Anyone could have just like come up to him. It was very odd. I was protection like, from what? From the, from the people, <laughs> from the people that don't like him. Um, so we were looking up those pictures and I was also noticing how Al Gore, you can really see the outline of his penis head in, the, in these <laughs> pictures. I'm sorry, Al. Stop saying penis head. <laughs> Just say penis, penis top. Just say penis. You can only see the tip top. Just the tip. Okay. 
I'm going to start this with a joke. Why is Clinton, and it's not going to be a Monica Lewinsky joke, because I want to preface this by saying that I like Monica Lewinsky, and I feel absolutely horrible for her because she was ridiculed into, like, obscurity for yes, no reason. It's horrible. It's terrible. Um, so young. Yeah. It's really fucked up. She did make those handbags for a while. She did? Yeah. She's, like, a huge anti-bullying advocate now and is so poised. Bullying? Bullying. And she's so poised and so intelligent. I listened to her on a podcast on Armchair Expert, and I was like, "This." it was such a beautiful interview. No, she's great. Yeah. Wasn't she on Saturday Night Live? I don't know. Okay. But I urge anyone to go out and, like, follow what she's doing because she's a really important person yeah. and she's done a lot with like all the hardship that's happened to her. Okay. So here's a joke. Uh, why is Clinton so interested in the Middle East? I don't know. He <laughs> thinks the Gaza Strip is a nightclub. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> okay. I want to just quickly talk about some other present. So today I'm going to talk about Bill Clinton and his obsession with fast food and junk food and his, the battle of the bulge. Ew as people like to call it. <laughs> um, but I want to talk quickly about some other presidential favorite foods throughout history because while I was looking for Bill Clinton's favorite foods, these really uh, gave me a tickle. Um, Richard Nixon, his daily lunch consisted of cottage cheese and California fruit, though sometimes he took his cottage cheese with ketchup. I know. I know this what for some reason. What a psychopath. I have no idea. As though, I mean, he should have been impeached and thrown out of office for that. That's was ketchup, t- did it taste different in the 60s? I have- <laughs> No, it was a full balanced meal. My dad actually used to, I've, first of all, I've never had cottage cheese ever. I don't know why. I'm not against having it. It's just never made an appearance into my mouth. It's weird. Yeah, I've never had it. But I put hot sauce on cottage cheese, which is... Essentially just a thin, spicy ketchup. But I still, I draw the line at ketchup. Yeah. Well, my dad used to make something called chow chow, which was just like ground beef and like... Uh, hot peppers or something, and then he'd squirt ketchup on that and eat it with cottage cheese. That sounds delicious. I mean, I have no idea. It doesn't appeal to me, but essentially it's really just like kind of a variation on meat sauce with ricotta. Yeah. Just a little I chunkier. Mean, and- when I grew up, my parents put cottage cheese in lasagna. Yeah. I mean, you totally could put cottage cheese in lasagna. Okay. So um, his favorite meal, Richard Nixon, again, was reportedly his wife's meatloaf, which he would eat at least once a month. Also ketchup. Yeah. I like ketchup on meatloaf. Once a month? That doesn't seem that often. I know. It's, <laughs> I feel like once a day is a shocking amount. Uh, Ronald, so really everything's fine except for the ketchup. Uh, Ronald Reagan loved jelly beans. And then I also wrote my note, hated AIDS and anyone who wasn't white. <laughs> Uh, what and a, his wife was the devil the devil what a complete piece of shit that t- those two were i like jelly beans too though oh i thought you were gonna say you like ronald reagan no i love his early work i like that music video by genesis where they have the ronald reagan mask on and he wakes up i don't know it um it's like the land of confusion or something and at the very beginning it's basically like ronald reagan has a nightmare it's like these creepy like animated masks with, like, foam, and uh-huh. it's terrifying, and then there's, like, a Ronald Reagan part at the end. He's like, Nancy, I just had a nightmare. Yeah, I had a nightmare that I was president and began the complete downturn of this country. Um, the candy company, uh, Jelly Belly, reportedly sent 720 bags <laughs> of jelly beans to the White House every, guess how how often? Month? Yes. <laughs> 700 bags? 720 bags. How many is that per day? I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. I don't know if he shared. I'm assuming not. And Reagan kept a jar of beans on his desk at all time. When he wasn't stacking on candy, he liked home-style foods such as macaroni and cheese. 
Okay. And then this is about Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton dramatically changed his diet when he left the White House. Oh, by the way, I got this information from Tasting Table. Um, while he was commander in chief, he loved Mexican food. He indulged in chicken enchiladas, soft tacos, and chili con queso. He was also fa- a famous fan of fast food, including McDonald's egg McMuffin. So that's where like the whole thing came from with him and Al Gore while they were campaigning, stopping, going on a jog to the McDonald's in Little Rock, and then there was the whole SNL skit which we watched the other day, <laughs> which, which is, is really funny. It is funny. I mean, it's not that funny, but it's funny to see him eating so much. I know Phil Hartman is adorable. Oh, Phil Hartman, so good. He's just like constantly shoving McDonald's in. His mouth I know it. it was really it was really <laughs> silly. Um, okay, so um, when Bill Clinton came into office, it was af- after the first Bush was in there, and there was like a huge difference, like immediately, in how they kind of interacted with uh, people at state dinners. So they had the Mexican president at the time, George H. W. hosted him, and they had things like. Um, <clears throat> really weird kind of dated stuff. Uh, sole in champagne, roasted saddle of veal farsai, Marquez potatoes, spinach timbal, and watercress, and, be- and a Belgian endive salad. And then six years later, the Clintons consulted Alice Waters, who was a friend of uh, Hillary Clinton's. And you make your face. Do you hate Alice Waters, the no, mother I of farm-to-table movement? No, I love Alice Waters. I just wish she wasn't friends with the Clintons. BFFs with the Clinties. They got it in the threesome. It was cray-cray. They were like covered in just lettuce, gently yeah. dressed lettuce leaves. <laughs> Locally sourced lettuces everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> just come out of the bedroom and Bill Clinton just has like a tiny little radish, mm-hmm. a local radish in front of his junk. Um, so anyway, six years later when they hosted the then Mexican president after him, um, the guests had spiced partridge breast, toasted pear and poppy seed bread, acorn squash with smoked chili sauce, and a salad of fall field greens with sweet corn and tequila ice cream. Hmm. Which I think sounds much better. Anyway. What? Yeah, they're not that different. <laughs> well, it's like more on the, like, it's more, in ter- you know, the first is very like stuffy, sure. kind of like old school, like yes. French, and then they're kind of acclimating to do more like kind of hip farm to table stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. I got this little piece of information, I'm ashamed to say, but from Fox News because I was just Googling anything and I thought it was really funny. (laughs) So Ronald Meisner, the former White House pastry chef from the Carter administration through George W. Bush, said he was astonished at how Clinton's, uh, that Clinton's big appetite was, quote, scary. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hang on. Quote, he could eat five or six pork chops, Meisner said, what? speaking at the annual Washington Winter Show, adding that the White House kitchen staff had to, quote, be ready. <laughs> Wait. Five or six pork chops. That's disgusting. I know. The French chef recalled the time when <clears throat> he made a strawberry cake one evening. Clinton ate half of it all by himself. The next morning, he wanted more. Quote, no one could find the cake, said Meisner. Clinton was pounding on the table, shouting, I want my goddamn cake. Wow. Meisner said after the cake could not be found, they all came up with just one conclusion. Quote, we decided Al Gore must have eaten it. (laughs) (laughs) What's he doing sneaking around in their kitchen? He doesn't live there. (laughs) I know, right? Like, something crashes during the night, and they, like, everyone, Bill Clinton wakes up, what is that? What's going on in there? And he just sees Al Gore with his, like, fists full of strawberry cake. In those short shorts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this little peeny head poking out. Okay, so <clears throat> I want to read something that is basically all kind of taken from a 1992 New York Times article, which was written when he was still um, a candidate. And this article is written by Marion Burroughs. And um, okay, so <clears throat> I'm going to basically like read you this whole article because it's <laughs> okay. hilarious. Great. This is all a quote. 
The good news is my husband loves to eat and he enjoy it. And he enjoys it, Hillary Clinton says. The bad news is he loves to eat even when things are not always right for him. <laughs> what does she mean? We could insert a lot of jokes there. Oh, <clears throat> I get it. Sex. Visits to nine restaurants here. She's in uh, Arkansas and Little Rock. Find that uh, friends are, are say, uh, friends of Bill Clinton's are saying that his favorites are um, Sims Barbecue to Juanita's from Doe's Eat Place to the Hungry Cafe. President-elect Clinton prefers the stuff with fat in it. <laughs> Jalapeno cheeseburgers, chicken enchiladas, barbecue, cinnamon rolls, and pies. But no chocolate chip cookies because he's allergic to chocolate. He is? Yeah. Weird. Also, or, this is when fat was evil. Then I know, 90s, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's so funny because everything in this article is so like anti-fat. It's like, you'll hear. <laughs> okay, the article goes on to say, talk about keeping the marriage together. Quote, Mrs. Clinton said the inter- in an interview last spring, one of the serious issues of our marriage is that Bill does not eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, no, I, you've got bigger problems what than that. What year was this? How about that he's like eating a lot of other pussy? The tides are about to turn, <laughs> madam. This is in 1992. Clinton went on, quote, I know, I know. I probably shouldn't have repeated that. Chelsea and I love chocolate. One of our favorite things is rich, rich, rich chocolate cake with thick chocolate icing. Ew, I hate that. <laughs> and if I had known about this, I never would have voted for you, Hillary. <laughs> Okay, the article goes on to say, Mr. Clinton's battle of the bulge is one of the most, is one that most people can sympathize with, especially if they have to eat irregular meals on the road. By the time the New York primary in April, Mr. Clinton weighed more than 200 pounds, a gain of about 30 pounds. How tall? I feel like 200 pounds isn't even that much. He must be like six feet tall. So that seems fine. I have no idea. He was never like, he was never fat. Obese. No, he just had like a, he had really chubby thighs. And considering he eats entire cakes and six, six pork chops. Por- I, that's what I was thinking. Metabolism is very high. I was like, if I ate motherfucking six pork chops, <laughs> first of all, I'd die. First of all, I'd throw even- up. I cannot imagine. I don't even, I couldn't eat more than like three bites of a pork chop, to be perfectly honest. I don't like pork chops. I know. This is not for us. We should never go out to eat with Bill Clinton in the 1992. Um, okay. So if you just be careful about the mount, Mrs. Clinton said, he could have lost 20 pounds. As for Mrs. Clinton, she described herself as periodically undisciplined about what I eat and the amount of exercise I get. The article goes on to say that is probably why you, why she is... <laughs> Why she is seen in Little Rock's fat factories far less often than her husband. What's a fat factory? Like, I guess an unhealthy restaurant. I thought a fat factory was a gym. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but they're they're like saying fat factory as the... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Juanita's, one of Mr. Clinton's favorites, is described by Mark Abernathy, (laughs) one of the owners, as the only real Tex-Mex in Little Rock. Every fat counter knows what that means. So much fat So much fat shaming. (laughs) That's crazy. <laughs> this is written by like Suzanne Powder um, or Powers, whatever that woman's name is. Well, there's two of them. I don't know which one is Su- Powder is the movie about the albino person and Suzanne Power- Powers is the woman who was like against the fat. Stop the insanity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bill's partial, partial to chicken enchiladas, says Mr. Abernathy, were somewhat famous for them. He described them in loving detail. <laughs> They're made with smooth melt cheese, which is similar to Velveeta, but not, but not cheese food. It's real cheese. I don't even know what I just read. Well, <laughs> That's cheese, a direct quote. Cheese food is processed. Sometimes processed cheese is referred to as cheese food on its packaging. Okay. Well, now this next part is speculation, but it led me to believe that he must be very good friends with uh, the other enchilada-loving person, friend of the podcast, Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> just wolfing down like 25 enchiladas together. That's probably when uh, 
Kevin Costner switched to being a Democrat when yeah. you learned how much Bill Clinton loved enchiladas. Food brings people together. We share. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ann Ward, owner of Hungry's Cafe, seemed far more knowledgeable and forthcoming. He'd stop here twice a week when in the legislature was in session, said Miss Ward, whose restaurant serves lunch of one meat, two veg, a bread, tea, Kool-Aid, and coffee for four fifty. You get all of that? Yes. It's, I think it's called a meat and three. Uh, yeah. Um, one meat means hamburger pepper loaf, smothered steak, fried chicken, or chicken fried steak. Now, this is what I actually found to be the most amazing. Mr. Clinton, the article says, uh, often has cinnamon rolls. Quote, Miss Ward said rolls nearly as big as hubcaps. <laughs> in, a, in a bow up to his cholesterol count, he smeared them with margarine. No, they already have frosting on them, don't they? <laughs> yes. It's crazy. He smeared margarine on a cinnamon roll that's the size of a hubcap, and this man is still living amongst us. Mr. Clinton does not confine his restaurant going to downtown. He's often seen in West Little Rock, where people with money live. His choice of rest factories are there. There's fat factories motherfucking everywhere up in this town. His choice of restaurants there uh, falls into the suburban yuppie category. Instead of chopped, uh, instead of chipped paint and cracked linoleum there are airy spaces with light woods and plants whoever wrote this article is very highfalutin honestly (laughs) it's real chip on their shoulder about the south cracked linoleum go (laughs) this place is clean i love it he frequents trios and graffitis usually with his family the manager at graffitis paul mcgee reports mr clinton eats light and healthy could he possibly have meant the lunch the restaurant (laughs) catered at the governor's mansion after mr clinton's last inaugural Fettuccine with forest mushrooms, morel, French brie, and Alfredo sauce. <laughs> I think not. French brie and Alfredo sauce <laughs> in pasta? <laughs> Fuck. It was the 90s. Come on. Shit was crazy. There was brie everywhere. I'm surprised there weren't crazy. Morels were taking over. <laughs> Have you heard? Um, Rich and Gooey also describes the spinach dip Mr. Clinton likes. Spin dip. It's made with jalapeno cheese, jalapenos, cheese, cream, onion, tomato, and cream cheese. Tomato? I mean, I have no idea what's going on here now. We've gone into a frenzy state. That's why Miss, That's why Mrs. Clinton likes to have her husband eat at home. I'm sure that's why. Where he has greater, <laughs> control, greater control over the menu. But lately, Trios has been sending vats of spinach dip to the governor's oh mansion. God. Yeah. And then my last line here says he had a quadruple bypass in 2004. He did. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he went vegan. Did he go vegan? He yeah. lost quite a bit of weight. He went and completely now he vegan. he looks like he's going to die. He looks moment. skeletal. Yeah. yeah. He has a baboon's heart like Christian Slater. <sighs> An untamed heart. Yeah. Another great thing from the 90s. I think came out the same year. I saw that movie in the theaters. Yeah, I, th- I think me. No, maybe I didn't. I think I might have been a little too young. You were young. too young, probably. Yeah. I, I was like in a cradle. Well, yeah. yeah. I was in preschool. <laughs> I was just learning to chew. You were just a spark in your father's eye. <laughs> or just... whatever they say. <laughs> <laughs> you were just a hamburger loaf in your father's eye. So, question Chef recommends. Mm hmm. We are going to talk about which political figure in history we'd most like to share a meal with. I'm hoping we didn't pick the same one. I really don't think we did. Mine's boring. Oh, great. (laughs) I can't wait to hear more. Um, I picked Teddy Roosevelt. Oh. Because I think he's interesting. And he, like, it would just be interesting to talk to someone who, like, is such a crazy animal hunter killer. Totally. Wild man of the times. Yeah, you'd probably be dining on, like, cheetah paws. Sure, yeah. (laughs) The original Cheetos. And also, I really love him in Night at the Museum. Oh, yeah. He is all <laughs> Robin Williams. Oh, R.I.P. That's a good one. He might take you to the Explorers Club, where actually I've been. It's in Midtown. You've been there? Yes. <clears throat> Do you have to be a member? Yes. Um, um, 
Brian's sister, my ex-boyfriend Brian, his sister was working for a company that did an event there. Oh. And it was really cool. Yeah, I've seen pictures in the inside. Of yeah, it. yeah. It was it was an experience of a lifetime. Um, so mine is Taft. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. And that is because Taft is huge and fat, and I feel like he'd be really <laughs> fun to eat with. Now, I actually He's just... He's like way fatter than Bill Clinton, and he only did not eat six pork chops, because well, they he, probably didn't have that many pork chops. No, absolutely not, in the early 1900s. And he was also got famously stuck in a bathtub, which to this day boggles my mind. I don't know how you get stuck into a bathtub, because the top is open. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but if he's too wide to get out. But it, it's still, it's not like it cinches at the top. It seems like it would be very hard to get stuck in a bathtub. Anyway, um, I want to talk about some of Taft's favorite foods really quickly. His very favorite food, one of the reasons why he was so fat, because um, he would request <laughs> all the time a dish of possum and taters. That was his favorite food. Baked possum on a bed of sweet potatoes, and they added it to the menu in the White House. And he's quoted as saying, Quote, well, I certainly like possum. I ate very heartily of it last night and did not disturb me in the slightest in my digestion or sleep. That doesn't even sound that fattening, though. I don't know. I mean, we don't know how much fat a possum has it's on it. like normal amounts. Well, I would get into a possum with some taters with him. I know. I'm just saying I think that I don't understand how he could be so fat from he, that. He had to go on like a California diet. It's low carb. It's like paleo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he like finished it off with eating the other half of Bill Clinton's future cake. That's yeah. who it was. It was the ghost Taft. Well, that's probably true. Taft's fat ghost. <laughs> and he also couldn't, like, use the bathtub. They're like, why can't I seem to get in this bathtub? It's clogged with Taft meat. Was the White House built during Taft's presidency? You don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> they built him a bigger bed. Gotta build a bigger tub. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Make America Taft again. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay. So, and then we also wanted to talk about our top three this week, which is going to be our top three screenshots of political figures eating food. Oh, I only did one. Oh. I'm so bad at my homework. It's, <laughs> it's called top three. Well, mine is so good, though. Okay, great. That I think that you can just... Amazing. Google pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger eating ice cream, and there's so many different options. So many. Of joyful... Joyful eating. Yeah, he's amazing at eating ice cream, and that is absolutely <laughs> true. So politicians eating is hilarious. Now, I'll fill in a couple for you that are not didn't make the cut of my top three. Oh, great. <laughs> um, so basically Barack Obama eating any kind of ice cream oh, at all. I haven't seen it. Or really anything, but a particular ice cream really is like sexy to me because ah. Obama is hot and him eating ice cream is sexy. I think him smoking cigarettes is oh, sexy. Oh, yeah, that's hot. Or doing anything. He's like just got a lot of swag. Sure. He's a hot guy. Okay, so my number three favorite thing I'm going to show you right now, I pulled this up so I could show you the pictures, is Michelle Bachman, okay. former congresswoman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Deep-throating a corn dog. That's so – that <laughs> photo looks – I can't, can't believe We're it. We're going to put it on our Instagram. It looks like it's a cover of a magazine. It's so, like, well it's done. It's so pornographic. close up. Now, here's a picture of uh, Rick Perry – the former governor oh of Florida God. also eating one. You can't even tell it's a corn dog. <laughs> if you get my drift, listeners. Now I want to show you a picture of <laughs> Bernie Sanders eating a corn dog. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone? He looks someone... like a small child or like an alien. <laughs> he looks like he just saw his wife like blowing another dude. <laughs> He's so surprised. Also, politicians, why do you eat so many damn corn dogs? Is because they're at state fairs all the time? Dude, this man's face, Bernie, God love you, but wow, this is like the funniest picture ever. Okay, and then 
Um, my number two, I don't have a picture of, but it's Angela Merkel, the <laughs> prime minister of Germany, eating mackerel. And she's like <laughs> sliding it down her throat, like just <laughs> slipping it down. It's amazing. Oh, God. And my number one favorite is this very sad picture of John Kerry eating a hoagie. Oh, my God. He's like slurping it like he's trying to drink it. That's bizarre. <laughs> it looks almost like he's, th- it looks like he's giving birth to the hoagie out of his mouth it's rather than so, go- going in. It's like it's so well photographed, it has to be staged. I so know. Like, but like, why? He's sucking on the lettuce. And wouldn't he, <laughs> disgusting. shouldn't they have him eating like a hot dog with ketchup on it? Like, I mean, I just don't think these people should eat in public. They can't make it look not pornographic and gross. Yeah, that uh, actress, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh-huh. she has on her Instagram, she has she finds paparazzi pictures of her eating and she posts them on her Instagram. <laughs> That's amazing. She thinks that it's funny and annoying. It is funny. Yeah. Um, there's also a picture of George Bush eating corn on the cob. Corn on the cob, which... <laughs> I think I've seen that. Now that we love George Bush... We also didn't talk about... Is who throws up? Donald Donald Trump. Oh, Ronald? George H. W. Bush threw up on the Prime that's Minister of George Japan. George and Ronald makes the other. Donald Jum. That's also that's the funniest thing that's ever happened. It's so it's in such bad form <laughs> to vom on somebody. You're the president. <laughs> you're the president. How about this? If you're gonna spew, spew into this and try not to make it the Prime Minister of Japan's <laughs> pants pocket. Oh my word. <laughs> It's amazing, truly amazing. What happened to him? Did he get food poisoning? Was I don't he, know. Did he eat we a... should do a whole we should do an investigative podcast <laughs> about just this like behind the vomit. Barfing presidents in yeah. history. <laughs> oh my god. That's really bad. Yeah, what did he throw up? That's a great question. It was probably the first time he like ever tried sushi. And he's oh. such like a <laughs> No, he was actually ill, I think. Oh. I think he's sick. Maybe he was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we know. Mm. Oh, God. My word. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible bunch of things. America. Um, so cool. <laughs> America. Well, guys, I hope that by the time we're done recording this, Bernie Sanders is president. And corn dogs are the national food. Donald Trump has been wrapped in a corn dog and sh- shot out to space <laughs> where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> and all, is, all normalcy has been restored with the world. Yeah. Um, this was a funny episode. <laughs> Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Cool. Um, if you, since we're talking about politics, uh, if you feel politically motivated and you want to do something to help, we won't tell you who to do this for or what, but find a way to help. Whatever it is. You can phone bank, you can knock on doors, do canvassing, donate money, talk to your friends and family who might not be educated about politics. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just takes everyone helping. Start your own damn podcast. Run for president. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> take my wife, please. <laughs> Somebody take my husband. He won't stop eating enchiladas. <laughs> All right, Bernie 2020. Hasta la pista pasta. Bye bye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. 